Okay, so, so let's stop. Five, four, three, two, one. Welcome, everyone, to the Parenting Unknown Podcast. I'm your host, Matt. Thanks again for listening for another week and hope everything is going well with everyone. And I really do truly mean that when I say that I hope everything's going well because the last thing you want to do is to feel like shit, right? So do genuinely hope everything is going good, especially all the parents. Now that summer's getting activated, not easy. <laughs> I was talking to a friend the other day saying how it's pretty surprising how right now we're almost halfway to to June and we're still getting 70 degree weather well past couple of days has been hitting the high 90s so that went pretty well <laughs> but I think now that I'm getting older I'm tolerating the heat a little bit more I know before I used to be so delicate against it where I couldn't I couldn't bear it <laughs> maybe I'm just getting prepared when I'm getting old because you know how it's always a run on jokes like old people like the heat that's why they go to Florida, something like that. <laughs> Another Seinfeld reference. Sorry, I watched tons of Seinfeld. And that's basically my life. So thanks a lot. Uh, until next time. <laughs> no, just kidding. But I was thinking about you know the podcast the other day. And I do a lot of, well, obviously, I'm talking about parenting, talking about the kids, different situations, like father engagement. I read an episode out about like asking for help about kids crying, toddlers crying certain emotions, pregnancies. And I kind of wanted to throw a little curveball in the mix. And since a lot of it too, is I'm basically talking about, you know, my past upbringing and how that affects me. And a lot of it's, a lot of it can be construed as, you know, very negative and being a downer. But I assure you that it, it's really not. So I wanted to do something and talk about something that influences my life to this day and that's helped me get out kind of uh getting out of kind of some dark places and that's music everyone loves music i do not know one person who doesn't like a single song and if they do i don't know they're probably weird or something but or they're like the new age hipsters where they only listen to podcasts and they don't music so over for them but as far as like as myself as i'm concerned music's everything my kids love music. My wife loves music. I mean, how could you go wrong with music? So that's how I wanted to talk about in, in an episode, but it's not going to be a one-off. I kind of want to do these maybe like monthly. So like maybe once a, once a week, once a week, once a month, pick a different song, pick a different album and artist, and just talk about how either they're great they are, a little history behind it, and obviously how it's helped me and how and how funny it is that some of the songs some of the movie quotes book quotes poetry a certain fresh breath in the air a certain smell a couple of phrases they all could be triggers into helping us come back to good memories and a lot of it too could be used as bad like certain music breakup music um 
I don't know, maybe like you came across your dad's hat or your grandma's sweater that's passed on and, you know, little things like that. But for me, music, for like 99.8% is all positive. And yeah, some of the times kind of reminded me of, you know, darker times, but in the end, they've all helped me. Even the songs that sound like really, really, really depressing, I, they just help me get out of a funk. And before I used to listen to a lot of metal, uh, a lot of black metal, a lot of death metal and hardcore, which to the outsiders, it, it all sounds the same, but I assure you it's not. There's different genres within the genre. So from like heavy metal, thrash metal, speed metal, there's what? Hardcore, metalcore, all that music. And whenever I would put one of those songs on, my wife knew that I was in a pissed off mood. And it wasn't to, it wasn't to like hype me up and put me up to like do something wrong or like start hating things. It was, I used it as I'm angry, I'm aggravated, I'm just pissed off at the world. If I listen to something that sounds worse than what I'm feeling, my feelings come down to earth a little bit. And I start to realize that maybe what I'm feeling is not that worth it and all to act on these impulses or let it, you know, just generally let it get to me. And it helped. And this is before I've kind of I learned to like deal with my emotions a lot better. If I get pissed or anything, I if something's in front of me that pisses me off. I just either walk away or do something else to kind of avoid it. And I really don't listen. Well, I don't, I'm not gonna say I don't listen, but I don't turn to that music specifically for that reason anymore. I think I've kind of like I kind of helped myself. Nonetheless, I still love that music, I still listen to it from time to time, and it's perfect. But that's an instance of how music's helped me a little bit. And there's just tons more feelings, emotions behind music. Um, a lot of people like lyrics. A lot of people like the way the song's composed. A lot of people like certain riffs, certain tracks, specific artists, their politics, their ideologies, whatever you have. You just any person in this world, even the worst people, there's music for them. Music gravitates for everybody. Like the leader of North Korea has his favorite band. I'm pretty sure I would be surprised if it was some like poppy American singer. <laughs> All right, just watch uh, movies too much. But so for this first episode, I think I want to bore you for the intro. I was thinking about it because I love music from the 40s, 50s, 60s, not so much 70s. Huge fan of the 80s or some 90s, 2000s, and after that, kind of just dwindles down a little bit. It's, Still good music now, but you just, you really got to find it. You really got to search for it. And it's not so much that you listen to the radio. You kind of just have to listen to artists that you like. Go off of YouTube, go off of Spotify or Apple Music if you, you're fancy enough. And just listen to similar artists, listen to the radios on there for specific stations and find something you may like. That's what I've done for, I want to say all my life, but I tried doing that as much as I could just because I like different different genres, different artists, different perspectives in life and on life. But for this episode, I wanted to start off in the 50s. And don't worry, it's not some like doo-wop group that comes out on a Goodfellas movie much as I know my wife would probably like think that first. But the first one is actually Chuck Berry's song. And it's probably one of his most famous legendary songs out there. And it's Johnny Be Good. And the reason why I chose this song is because when I was my 
when I was getting my toes dipped into music, I had my grandma to hold my hand for it. Up until a certain point, I really didn't, there, I mean, there was music around certain songs, I guess you could say I liked, but I really didn't like memorize the artists or anything like that. And you know, you're a kid and you're some, at a certain point, you just, you just don't care. It's just whatever's there is there. And once my grandma got sick, she was kind of bound to her chair. I really couldn't do any activities opposed to like, you know, going out for walks. And even then that was a mission. And sometimes my uncle did go out and work. So it'd just be me and her. And our greatest pastime back then, because, well, phones and smart TVs weren't really out there yet. Phones, yes, but as far as the smartphones now, nah. So our pastime was we would play cards, play dominoes or some kind of game, and listen to music. And I don't know if you remember, like, going to sleep and waking up and, you know, it's like 2, 3 o'clock in the morning. Those infomercials were on from, like, I think it was like Time Life magazine and they offered like these CDs and whether it was like power ballads or romantic songs, some decade, you know, catalog they're trying to sell, it would be on. And one of the ones my grandma got were the 50s music. So it came from a range of like, I guess you could say the romantic songs, the doo-wops, the, and then my favorite was the rock and roll. And the majority of artist and songs on that compilation was rock and roll music and it stuck to me because well it was obviously one of her favorites her favorite type of genre so it was constantly getting played over and over again i'm not saying that to like sound like you know i was tired of it it was just something that was on repeat from you know chuck berry jerry lewis there was elvis there was what was elvis on that compilation i think they might have excluded him because he wasn't like an original. <laughs> and what I mean by that, I'll get into that later, but I'm not so sure, but I'll just say like 80% sure he wasn't on there. So if you Chuck Berry to the Little Richard to the Big Bopper to the Richie Valens to like Frankie Valley to, and you know, the list just went on and on. But once she told me that the music that I'm hearing now, it may sound really old. And what I mean by sounding old, it came out on K-Earth 101, which is a station down here in uh, Southern California. They played oldies. And me growing up in the mid to late 90s, early 2000s, oldies then was music from the 50s and 60s. Maybe about 10 years after that, they're kind of like transitioning from the 60s to 70s. And like now you listen to it, it's just nothing but like 80s and 90s. They play Nirvana on there, which... For some reason, it makes me feel old because when I was <laughs> when I was growing up, music from the fifties came on, and that sounds like sounds like archaic. And for them to play Nirvana from the nineties, it's like you know, it's not, you know, chill out with that. It's not that old. <laughs> but I guess that's part of like you know, growing up, right? So she had told me that pretty much everything that's on the radio now came from these guys. And who are these guys? Well, in my opinion, the major hmm, very hard discussion to start. But in my own personal, humble opinion, if I were to have a pillar on rock and roll, it would be Chuck Berry. It would be Little Richard. I'd throw in Jerry Lee Lewis in there. And for a fourth, ooh, that's something I might have to come back to. <laughs> but there, there are just so many good artists from that era that's kicked off everything to what we have now in terms of like, I guess rock music to hip hop that influenced disco 
I mean, disco that influenced hip hop from grunge, metal, it all could be traced back. And that's the beautiful thing. That's one of the most beautiful things about music that it could be traced back to a specific pinpoint in time to a different artist era and region too. A lot of this rock and roll music, it wasn't from like the East or the West. The majority of it came from the South. I mean, yeah, you had like a guy like Richie Valens come out of the, and you know, the West Coast, but the majority of it was from, from the deep South. And whether that was a reflection on what was going on back then or not, because a lot of these guys grew up rough. Um, they, grew, they were basically born deep in deep poverty. Um, you had guys like Little Richard who was coming up in the early 50s. Not only was he black in the South, but he was somewhat gay. And when I say somewhat too, there's a whole thing about him either being gay, being bi, liking both. And to him totally denouncing him once he got, once he became a pastor and later in life. And it's a whole thing. Interesting to check it out. Probably do an episode on one of his songs too. So, but all these guys intertwine with each other. They all did cover songs of their fellow musicians, you know, like hits. Like if you listen to some Jerry Lee Lewis, he has some Little Richard covers. Listen to Chuck Berry, he'll do a couple of uh, Little Richard, and it. it just went on and on. And even former, even so much so, probably two of the most famous artists ever on earth, which would be the Beatles and Elvis. They pretty much kicked off the career covering these guys' music. And it, I know sometimes to like, I guess you could say regular people. Hearing that the Beatles covered these guys from the 50s. I mean, you think of who the Beatles were. It kind of doesn't like. Doesn't make sense a little bit when you imagine what you've seen as the Beatles to like what they actually play. Because for a lot of people, they know the Abbey Road stuff. They know the all you need is love stuff. But earlier in the career, there were a bunch of little rockabilly kids who, you know, they love Buddy Holly. They love the Big Bopper. They idolize these guys. And. The first couple albums were, they had some good covers of one of, a lot of these artists. And one of my favorite covers that they did was Roll Over Beethoven, but from Chuck Berry. And it just goes to show you the influence that these guys had, these, these pillars, these legends that they, they started music. And the reason why I chose Johnny Be Good is because there's a connection with my grandma with it. I started playing guitar, maybe in about sixth, seventh grade. And keep in mind, it was just, a regular acoustic guitar, but still, it was still guitar. And <laughs> when I started playing it, you know, when your grandma gives you like nicknames and stuff like that, well, she gave me a couple of nicknames, and the first one was Chuck Berry. Now, I don't know if it was because I was really dark, like back then, and I think I talked about like being bullied my skin color and all that. I was, you know, a dark Mexican. So I don't know if it was because of that or because I played guitar. Later on, I found out, well, it was because I started guitar. You know, years passed, we're listening to music, and then little by little, she started opening up about how this music was so forbidden for her because she grew up in a strict religious household. And anything that came up like this was viewed as, well, the devil, something evil. And I would laugh and say, like, you know, that's obviously not true. But then we have these guys getting arrested for, like, transporting minors across state lines, getting accused of getting married with their cousins. Uh on piano with a big pomp being gay and i guess you could get that view but then again too when john Lennon said at one point we're, we're bigger than jesus people started burning their stuff down so you gotta give it to these religious people they really know how to 
kick off a movement or something. <laughs> but she told me that this music meant a lot to her since it was so kept from her. She just, she fell in love with it. And it's something that she probably took to the last days of her life. And it was really important to her. So whenever I listen to this music now, it obviously reminds me of my grandma. And it brings me fond memories. Not really sad ones because when you think of memories like this that are kind of connected to music, it's hard. To, well, this is me personally. I know everyone's different. But for me, it, it's hard to, to get sad. And a couple of songs that do kind of, you know, tear me up. It's not so much that I'm filled with sorrow. Uh, it's much more that I'm filled with happiness. So once in a while, when I hear a certain Chuck Berry song, I might get a, a, t- a tear or two. If I hear Crystal Blue Persuasion, it reminds me of one of my cousins who passed on very early that I was close to. But it's a certain Beatles song. It, it's a kick-ass Beatles song, but it makes you think of my grandma because that was, again, one of her favorites. And I just remember her sitting down, listening to it, enjoying it, feeling every note that's coming out of that speaker, getting moved to every lyric. And it it brings me happiness because I could... I can remember those memories much more vividly than when I try to remember other stuff. And I've told my wife sometimes I feel bad that as older as I'm getting, as more life is being pumped into, you know, my life, getting busy with the kids, friends, being a husband, being a father, some of the memories I try thinking back start to become hazy. And no, I'm not like, I'm not sick or anything like that. It's just when my grandma passed, it was maybe like 16 years ago, almost 20, uh, almost 15. I was, yeah, I was 15. I'm 32 now, like 16 years ago, something like that. I don't feel like doing math right now, but anyways, <laughs> uh, it was like 16 years ago. And, you know, a lot goes through your mind from then to now. And, you know, 15, 16 years, you mature, you get happy, you get angry, uh, perspectives change. People come in and out of your life and certain memories uphold and sometimes some of the memories that you wish to keep, they they get faded. I wish I could remember more about my grandma, like more, you know, more details, more of a conversation. But I guess you could say I remember the most important, meaningful ones to me. But with music, it triggers a whole new a whole new set of memories for me. If I listen to these songs, I could remember what she was doing listening to them what we were doing what we were talking about and i could see her much more vividly in my mind opposed to like me trying to think back me trying to think back about a certain time a certain thing and it's it starts to get more and more hazy at each year passes so thankfully with music i know if it's something in our brains that kind of just etches onto it or the endorphins that we we get released when we were enjoying something i don't know if that's connected to the brain somehow with our memories their conscious something but that's why I love this type of music so much. It just brings me closer to my grandma. And as far away as she is right now, not being on this earth, it it brings those memories close. I enjoy it. So listening to this, she started calling me her Chuck Berry and then later evolved to Carlos Santana. <laughs> Both amazing artists, most amazing guitarists. And with Chuck Berry, it was... The song that I'm talking about right now is Johnny Be Good, which came out in 1958. It hit, what, number two on the U.S. charts in the R&B section, number eight on the U.S. charts. 
But it wasn't his first single, which is the trippy thing once you look into that. Because you, some of these most famous songs, you kind of feel like, you know, that's, that's their breakout. But then when you look at Chuck Berry, his first single, Maybelline, which is just a kick-ass song, debuted at number one in the U.S. R&B and number five in, you know, just the regular U.S. chart charts. And, you know, there's, there's artists that have one-hit wonders. There's artists that release one good song, and then after that, they really ain't got nothing. But when you hear Johnny Be Good and how inspirational that that song is, you think like, you know, that has to be his first song. It wasn't. Maybelline was released in 55. And then 56 years later, you have Roll Over Beethoven. You have Too Much Monkey Business. Can't Touch Me. 57, you got School Day. 57, too, you got Rock and Roll Music. And the same year, in 58, he did Johnny Be Good, Sweet Little 16, Beautiful Delilah, Carol, Merry Christmas Baby, and Run Rudolph Run. Everybody's heard that last song, Run Rudolph Run. And if you haven't, go back and watch Home Alone. Go look at the airport scene, and it's playing in the background. <laughs> I hope it is. I, you know, when you second guess yourself, and you want know, to look like look like an ass. I, <laughs> I'm not second guessing myself. I'm hoping it's true, but definitely when you line up all those songs, and he's just a killer. So when Johnny Be Good was, you know, my song to pick for this, it was a no-brainer. It was my intro to him, and it was a start into appreciating the history from music. And Music Journey was a little all over the place from, you know, 50s rock and roll to metal to rap to hip-hop to there was disco in there. There was kind of like that freestyle music. There was rhythm and blues, like rhythm and blues from the 60s and 70s, not like the early 90s stuff, like which I kind of keep separate in my mind. Um, there was old country from the 70s, 80s, mid-60s. There was a lot of psych stuff from the 60s. There was metal from the 70s. And then punk, for me, it came out on my own. Like Once you got into middle school, I started branching out a little bit more. This is elementary for me, like fifth, sixth grade, fifth grade. You start branching off a little more, but this was my start. And I just found it so fitting to have this song be the first song I talk about. And hopefully there's new line of episodes that are recording. And if anybody likes this, cool. I'll keep going. I'll keep doing it. If you have any submissions, any songs you'd want to hear me talking about for some odd reason, I guess you're listening to me right now. So that's good, right? But the thing is, I like listening to music. So if you have any new artists or new songs that I should probably listen to or even give a try, I'm all open for it. I'm always on the hunt for new things. I'm always on the hunt for new artists, new genres, new uh, new songs. So I wanted to play this much more earlier in the episode, but talking, getting carried away, things happen. But I just wanted to show like the first like 20 seconds of the song just so you guys could hear this, this beyond legendary intro. So here it is. Ring 
so that's the famous Johnny Be Good from Chuck Berry, which is absolutely legendary. One of the best songs that you could say. I guess if you were to put like the 100 greatest songs on anything, that song would have to be up there, especially with the influence it had on like the amazing guitars that we all know today, like from let's see, Jimmy Page to Jimi Hendrix of all people who actually played backup in a Chuck, one of Chuck Berry's you know, bands. Because one of the most amazing thing about these early guys is that they weren't really recording album albums like they are now. Uh, especially when they were first starting out, it was recording a song, one or two, submit it to the radio. If it played, it was a hit, record another song, and they would go out touring by songs. So chances are back then, if you've seen one of these artists, they had, they're on the bill with a bunch of other artists. They were just absolutely legends now. You can even see it in some of the movies that they do about these guys, like Walk the Line. You see Johnny Cash. You see Jerry Lee Lewis. There was Alvis in there. Who else was in there? Buddy Holly, I think. And you have other... No, that was another movie. Then you have other movies like La Bamba. Then you get Richie Valens. You got Buddy Holly. You got The Big Bopper. You got... Was it Jackie Wilson? And it, it's... Thinking about these guys' influence and how impactful they are, I just go back and think that they were all playing in the same same night yeah you got to hear one or two songs but still who would want to hear a song from chuck berry and then like 10 15 minutes later here comes johnny cash or here comes jerry Lee lewis it's it's just mind it's it's mind-boggling if you like that and you want to hear more of it this came out on his album called chuck berry is on top there's an album cover with like a banana spud sunday Came out in July of 1959. So these guys, songs were already recorded. Eventually just got compiled into an album, which still pretty amazing to buy, you know, back then. Now we take it for granted where we could just look it up and stream it on our phone or anything like that. But on this album too, you got the song, like I mentioned before, you got Maybelline, Carol, Almost Gone, Almost Grown, Little Queenie, Roll Over Beethoven, All Around. And... I mean, what else more could I say how amazing this is? If you want to look up the lawsuit Chuck Berry had against the Beach Boys, which was common from a lot of artists around that area where they would, uh, as you can say, steal songs, borrow tracks, borrow riffs, but Beach Boys got caught stealing Chuck Berry songs. I think they also got a lawsuit with Charles Manson, I believe, or something like that, where he uh, wrote a couple of songs for them. It's a big thing. It's interesting. Look it up if you want to, if that sounds interesting enough. Definitely check out Chuck Berry. He was a guitarist, innovator, who helped kick off this rock and roll genre that influenced the world. As like he said, he used to say before, something about the blues just sped up. So take a listen, and I'll be listening for the rest of the night. Hopefully you guys like it, and if not, let me know. So thanks for listening for this. Hopefully it was all right. I liked it. And thanks a lot.